pray that uh, what you want to say to us all would be words of life, words of encouragement, words of affirmation, Father, words that are so inspiring that uh, with every word that's spoken, we would be made more and more into your Son, Jesus, that we would walk out from this place uh, different people, Father, that from week to week, day to day, Sunday to Sunday, that we would constantly be transformed with ever-increasing likeness <laughs> into your Son. So we do thank you for the opportunity that we have to share and to share freely in this place. Have your way. And all these people said, Amen. Hey, wasn't it a lovely day yesterday? Today's making us believe it's a lovely day, but I'm just not sure just yet. Temperature says it's only going to be 12 or something. Yesterday was just like magnificent. It was a ripper day, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just an awesome day. The, the sun was out. I reckon the lake, Wendery Lake, would have been full of people walking. You know, the cafes nearby probably made a stack of money just because it was a nice day. It was a lovely day. How many got into their gardens yesterday? Like a few people? No one. You had the perfect day and you missed out. Really? I cannot. One? You did? Come on. Two? Three? Four? Maybe five? You got it? Well, you, you did. You did the, she just goes, I did the windows. <laughs> that's, that's not the garden. I imagine that across Ballarat, actually, across Victoria on a day like yesterday, there would have been a whole stack of people that got into their gardens, you know. Um, I, I don't often get into our garden, but yesterday as a family, we were inspired. And so Samuel and I thought, well, we're going to start with the lawns and, you know, out came the hedge trimmers and we started trimming. And before you knew it, three hours later, seriously, three hours later, I couldn't even lift my hands on the trimmers. Samuel was giving me water so that I wouldn't pass out. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I discovered really quickly that, that I'm a worshipper, not a gardener. <laughs> but it was just a great day to be out and about in the yard. But God taught me a stack just yesterday. Um, just started to speak to me. It was, it's been an interesting week. I, often the way that, that, that I operate and with what I share at church it's normally something that God has dropped into my spirit during the week. And it could be a word, a phrase, a scripture. Um, we don't, here at Mount Clear, we don't plan a year in advance. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But I like to be led by the spirit dependent upon the season that we're in and what's happening in our house at that particular time, you know. And uh, we're coming up to, we're in this week and we were at Friday and I said to Mel, you know, I don't have a word don't have a thought. I've got nothing. <laughs> you should preach. <laughs> she goes, I can't preach. She goes, I'm doing this, I'm doing that and that. And, and anyway, I don't have something to say. You, you need to say it. So I'm going to be sick on Sunday, love. I don't have anything. I'm just going to pull a sickie. <laughs> I'm going to pull a sickie, stay home. That was Friday. Then we get to Saturday in the morning and Mel's talking about we'll take the boys out. We'll take them go-karting. You know, we might go to the park, we'll have a play, we'll have a run around. We were initially going to visit some friends at Kangaroo Grounds. And for those of you that know from here, that's got to be like a two-hour drive, I reckon. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking, Lord, I need a thought. I know the season the church is in, I need something. While we're home, our friends uh, from Kangaroo Grounds cancel our, our lunch. And so we're not going anymore. So... 
This is where Samuel and I came up with the idea, why don't we mow the lawns? We haven't done that for ages. We'll get into the yard. Yeah, let's get into the yard and start working. Oh my goodness, what a thought. Thanks, Samuel. Please never have that again. So that's what we did. And I was in the yard. And we were mowing and we were pruning and we were cutting and we were doing all sorts of stuff. And by the time we were done and I sat down to have a drink, shaking, like <laughs> shaking, because of all that exercise, God started to speak and speak exactly what I feel he wants to say today. So that's what I'm going to try to share. Yeah? Some of you may be dismayed when I share my, my gardening skills. Some of you will, will, will feel sorry for me. Some of you may actually have empathy for me. Others may actually relate to me. Probably very few, though. But we'll give it a burl. But one of the things that God started to say to me yesterday was this. I'm a gardener. Did you know God's a gardener? Like our father, Papa, Father God, yeah, Daddy, he's a gardener. It tells us. If you've got your Bibles or your phones, whatever, however it works for you, we'll just have a look at a few scriptures. And John 15.1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. That's awesome. Thanks, God. I see that when you created me, there's things that you must have left out because I'm a worshiper, not a gardener. I'm just going to continue that mantra during the course of the morning. <laughs> so our father is a gardener. So then I couldn't help but but ask the question, and this is all within like five minutes of sitting down. I was debating between a cold drink, debating about making a coffee. You know, Samuel's coming in. I go, don't come in with those shoes. We've been in the backyard. Our dog lives in the backyard. We never go in the backyard. You know what dogs do in the backyard, yeah? That's not dirt under your shoes. Don't bring them in, you know? So discovering God was a gardener, it brought me to another question. So what actually is a gardener? So I had to do what everybody does when they have a good question, and I googled it. What is a gardener? A person who's employed to cultivate or care for a garden. Oh, that's all right. Gardens have vegetables, plants that flower, trees that fruit, etc. So God, as a gardener, cares for a garden. Is that okay? I've not written any new theology or heresy at this point, have I? No, that's great. I'm glad. So sitting there in my despair, my hands, seriously, my hands had just stopped shaking because the trimmers I've got are really old, so old. In fact, one of the handles, which is a timber handle, is broken. It's been replaced and screwed on with a metal tube. This thing's heavy. You know, Samuel was trying to use it and he couldn't do anything above his head, so he's doing all this stuff down here. It's just heavy. So, in this five minutes, I'm sitting there starting to ask God all these questions. And I say, God, if you're a gardener, then what do you do? What do you actually do? Great question, I thought. So, I learnt yesterday, just by being in the garden, yeah, that there's actually a lot involved in cultivating. A garden. There's actually a lot involved in maintaining a garden. And for those of you that have wonderful gardens, you know what? I have a newfound respect for you. <laughs> like, because I just don't. But if any of you have your garden so under control that you want to practice your skills 
for Allenby Court, Mount Clear. I can set up appointment times for you to come and practice your skills. Because my backyard needs some help. But I, I discovered that there's just a lot involved in cultivating and caring for a garden. And part of, I guess, that role of cultivating and caring for our garden, and, and at a, particularly at my place, it's not only the mowing and not only the whippersnipping. It's not just that stuff. I wish it was just that stuff. But I learnt quickly that it also needs pruning. You know, there's parts of the garden that need pruning, that needs cutting back, yeah? So I came to another question. What the heck is pruning? Like, what's it for? Like, what's it for? Like, what is it for? Everyone here has a blank look. Obviously, we don't have a single gardener here, or you guys are just so intelligent when it comes to gardening. You're thinking, mate, I know that answer. How could you possibly be talking to God about that? Really? You should have just rung me. Have you ever asked yourself why you prune? Why you cut stuff back? Again, I went to Google again. Yeah. Now I've got the computer out and I'm Googling. Pruning is the selective removal of parts of a plant that are not needed. It involves the cutting parts of a branch shorter or off altogether. And the reason for that is it removes dead wood and prepares the plant for a harvest. It helps improve both the quality and quantity of the fruit. Pruning prevents breakage under the weight of external elements and will ultimately help determine the productivity and longevity of the fruit. So apparently, it's good to prune. It's good to cut stuff back. Is that a fair assumption? So basically, you're cutting off the dead parts, you're cutting off the parts that are no longer producing stuff, uh, you're cutting the, the branches, if you're at my place, that are twisted and growing over each other, you're cutting all this stuff out, yeah? And you're doing that so that it can bear better fruit. And actually, sometimes you're even cutting off branches and, and stuff that used to bear fruit, I discovered yesterday. Yeah? It's to help it grow. Help it to grow higher, better. Actually, in fact, you know, a lot of people prune just so their gardens will look nice. Handsome, like a haircut. You know, if you allow your hair to grow too long and it's not styled, it's not very nice, generally speaking. You know, you want to be able to style your hair. Great products on the market. If anybody wants some, some advice, I'm happy to give it. But at the end of the day... <laughs> All trees need attention, yeah? All trees need attention, and they need care if they're to flourish. And here we have John 15.1 that says God's a gardener. Our God, our God, Father God, is a gardener. Well, what's in his garden? Ever, ever ask yourself that? If he's a gardener, what's in his garden? Again, obviously, you've all got the answers. I didn't have the answer. You know, I don't sit there and ponder some of these things particularly when it comes to greenery. And I came to a better question. Who is his garden? Actually, who? Because if Father is a gardener, then who is his garden? And I want to suggest that would be you and me. He, he's actually gardening us. Yeah? He's actually gardening us. So it says in Psalm 1 verse 3, and it, this is talking about us. It says, That person is like a tree 
planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. This is talking about us, the believer. We're referred to as trees. You and I are referred to as trees. So when you think of yourself as a tree and you start to realize that God's a gardener and you realize what a gardener does, it starts to get really painful, just the thought of it, yeah? What about Isaiah 61.3? And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks. Yeah? Do you know what an oak is? It's a tree. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of... So he plants us too, right? Like he's flat out a gardener. He, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So Father God's a gardener. We're obviously the trees in his garden. Now he wants to cut us back and prune us because it's all about cultivating and caring for the garden because he's looking to maintain his garden, which is us, to make us more like him. And why does he do that? Because just he wants to show off. A planning of the Lord for the display of his splendor just because he can. And he shows off by making us better. Like, that's awesome. Like, he just takes us and he's molded us, he's created us. And then in life, he starts to, you know, he does this Edward Scissorhands all over us to make us better, more like him, so that we can be the display of his splendor. That's wild. So Father God's this gardener. And we're the trees. He prunes us. He does it just to show off. And now when we get to John 15 too, this is the stuff that God started to really talk to me about yesterday. It scared the life out of me to a degree, yeah? John 15 too. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, yeah? While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You know what I learned? I learned that whether you're producing fruit or not producing fruit, you're going to get cut anyway. <laughs> we never think of that, do we? We just think, oh, that's nice. He prunes, cuts off the dead branches. That's... But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're firing in all eight cylinders or if you're just dead. He's going to come and he's going to cut stuff away anyway. And that's, that's a thought just worth pondering. Yeah? That no matter whether you're producing or not producing, you're going to get cut regardless. Cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that means no matter if you're in a super fruit season, you're just flourishing, life is great. Or if you're in the driest, hardest, darkest season that you've ever been in, God's coming with scissors to cut and to prune anyway, yeah? The truth is, I discovered yesterday, like my backyard, we actually need to be cut. We, we need to be pruned. See, pruning improves, more of Google, pruning improves tree health and strength. Pruning encourages trees to develop a strong structure. Pruning is also done to improve appearance. So God's pruning process helps us to grow in his character and in his, and in his appearance. So it makes us more like him. 
So when you're standing up here and you're looking this way, it's obvious that some of you have been in a pruning process because you look fantastic. There are others that probably need to go into a pruning process. Yeah, well, you guys, yeah, yeah, it's a hard crowd, isn't it? But this is what I discovered yesterday while gardening. Now, for the green thumbs here, I'm really sorry for what I'm about to share, but this is my confession. I have not properly maintained our yard. <laughs> Putting it out there, I confess. I have not properly done it. I know that many of you are shocked by this, but I need to be open, honest, and totally vulnerable. I, I have failed in maintaining and cultivating my gardening. The truth is I, I, need, I need help. <laughs> in fact, I've not pruned our gardens or cut back trees for at least two or three years. <laughs> See, I heard it then. It was like, <gasps> like oh, you just sucked all the air out of the room. This is my confession. You can confess later. So you can imagine what I found. In fact, the last time we cut a tree in our backyard was because, was because we found a bird's nest. And so we wanted to make it nice and safe for the birds to get to and all the other birds to come and attack and other stuff. We didn't think about that. But anyway, this is what I found in our backyard when Samuel and I were there. Everything looked healthy. Everything looked healthy, but it was very overgrown. It was just so overgrown. Actually, everything was green. There was heaps of new branches. There was lots of leaves. It looked healthy, or at least so it seemed. But as I got a little bit closer and realized I needed to cut some of this stuff away, there was two things that stood out. One was I discovered blackberry bushes were all over particular trees, like wrapped, hanging over, like they were just there. They, they had made a home, you know, like... Samuel was coming, there was, it was almost like vines you could swing off, you know, <laughs> that was so big. Samuel had the, the hedge trimmers and he's, you know, the bits that are hanging and he's cutting them here. I go, no Samuel, don't cut them there, there'll be little bits everywhere, you know. Let's look for the, let's look to see where it comes out of the ground. That's about as, you know, green as I get, you know. And then I also noticed there was a particular tree that I had cut back, but probably about two years ago, maybe more. And it was in the front yard and it actually had some flowers on it. And God starts to download more and more. The more I'm sitting with this, the more he starts to download. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, I should have been pruning those trees. I should have been cutting them back. I, should have, I really shouldn't have let it go. I should have been looking after this stuff. Now, now, though the trees have grown, though they're green, though they look healthy, now there's blackberry stuff or bushes like just all over them. You know, And God says, you know, that represents your life. That represents our lives. <laughs> well, this is a happy message. I felt like Daddy said, yeah, this is what I felt like he said. This is what happens when we don't enter into a pruning process with him. When we don't enter into a pruning process with him. See, there are things in our lives that Father wants to cut out. He wants to cut out the dead wood. And the dead wood could be bad habits. It could be stinking thinking. Yeah, It could be just wrong attitudes. It could be hurt. It could be pain. It could be all of that. There are things that he wants to prune and cut out of our lives so that we can be all that he's purposed us to be. Yeah? The trees in my backyard, I'm telling you, when God created them, they didn't look like they looked yesterday. His picture was different. Yeah? 
Now, some of this pruning needs to happen voluntarily. And what I mean by that is consistently, constantly maintaining and caring. That means there's a self-care part of the pruning process for us. See, there are times when we realise that we're not thinking right. Anybody? Or times when we realise that our attitudes stink. Yeah? It's easy to know if your attitude stinks. You have this opinion. This person has this opinion. And rather than chase relationship, we're too busy arguing who's right and who's wrong. That's stinking thinking. That's not godly thinking, yeah? It comes to our attention that maybe, maybe we're not as Christ-like in every area of our life that we thought, you know? We realise that our marriages could be better. We realise that our relationships could be better. We realise that our parenting could be better. We realise that just our thought prices could be better, yeah? So we need to begin a process of pruning. It happens with the help of God, Holy Spirit. It happens, it happens with the help of others, with friends, with mentors, with counsellors, yeah? It's a pruning process to cut away the stuff in our lives that is preventing it from flourishing and bearing fruit the way God had always intended, yeah? And what you've got to understand, it's, it's not for anything. It's just that we think we're okay. I thought my backyard was okay until I got out there yesterday. You know, if we actually move into a pruning process with the Lord... Do you remember what I said earlier, what the pruning process was for? And the reason for that is that it removes dead wood, prepares the plant for the harvest, both in quality and quantity of fruit. Yeah. So just put this in for your own life. Pruning prevents breakage under the weight of external elements. So when stuff comes, you won't buckle. When stuff comes, you won't fall away. Yeah. Because you've been pruned. Now there's an inner strength. Yeah. And will ultimately help determine the productivity and the longevity of the fruit. It helps us produce fruit. More fruit, longer lasting fruit. And if we don't, if we don't move into this into this pruning process, yeah. If we do what I did in all my gardening prowess to my backyard and let it go, stuff creeps in. Yeah? Things that weren't there before. I never noticed the blackberry bushes in that part of the garden before. I hadn't seen those weeds before. The trees looked healthy. They were still growing, yeah? But there was this other stuff that was now in and amongst it. See, we can look healthy as a Christian. We can grow and we can have green leaves and we look like life's fine. But if we don't voluntarily and consistently enter into a pruning process with Holy Spirit, there are times, maybe just me, that you find yourself angry. Have you found yourself angry? Sometimes you find yourself jealous, frustrated, in despair. Sometimes you have all these doubts about life. Sometimes you feel like your faith is wavering. Sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're losing the battle with joy. You're growing with the Lord. You still have faith. There's leaves, 
but you've not entered into, the, into a pruning process for some time. And now there's some blackberry bushes and some weeds that have got in there that were never there before and you didn't even realize where they came from. They're just there. And sometimes we can sit there in those moments and we're not even sure how they got there. I can tell you how they got there. Would you like to know how they got there? No? You'd rather just keep them there? I'll tell you how they got there. We neglected the pruning. We thought that we were okay, so we live life unchecked, unpruned. I thought my trees were okay until we got out there. Now, I said to Mel just yesterday, I said, we probably should use more time in the backyard, do less movies, less coffee, and spend a few hours just maintaining this thing, you know? So then Mel had a great idea. Well, we could do a couple of hours on a day off, and then we can spend the rest of the day to catch a movie or grab a coffee. Well, I, thought, oh, I can work with that. There's still coffee involved, yeah? I can work with that. You know, sometimes we know that we just don't feel 100% right all of the time. But sometimes we think it's just life. But I want to say today, no, 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 no. When you don't feel, when you don't feel 100% all of the time, yes, that's because stuff has got in from life, but that's not life. Yeah? The weeds got in, the blackberry bushes started to take over. That's not the life that Father God designed and purposed for us when he sent his son on a cross to die for us, yeah? That's not what he had in mind. See, there are things, there's stuff that Father wants to cut and prune from our life so that we can produce fruit. You know, sometimes I think as Christians, we just have to open up and let him in. We need to take a chance, yeah? We need to take a risk. But so often, if, it won't be on the screen, but if you have a look in Matthew 21, you read about the, the evil farmers, you know, and the owner sends his son and sends other people. Sometimes we're like evil farmers and we're keeping the Holy Spirit out. We're keeping God out. God wants to get in and do some serious pruning and cutting back so we can flourish, but we're keeping him out. The other thing I noticed was that Papa wants us to produce, you're going to love this, much fruit. Not some fruit, yeah? Not some fruit, not a little fruit, not a little bit, but much. It says much. John 15, 8 says, When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. <laughs> I love this. Because what it, what it implies, but what it, it doesn't say, is, does that mean the person that, doesn't produce a lot of fruit, isn't really his disciple. Because this is really clear, yeah? yeah. When you produce much fruit, you are my, what's the word? True disciples. <laughs> you are my true disciples. When you produce much fruit, this brings great glory to my Father. That's like, that's mind-boggling. In a sense, because now we're thinking, what do we have to do to produce much fruit? But it's not about what we have to do. It's what we need to allow. Yeah. See, the pruning process isn't about us doing. It's about God doing. It's about Him getting in. Yeah. Sometimes we help the process by walking with others, by sharing things, allowing things to come to the surface. But then the Holy Spirit comes and starts to cut away and prune, and we actually flourish. 
We then produce much fruit. And the perfect example is this tree in my front yard. It's more like a big bush, yeah? It's, it's really like quite an, this one on either side, and they're quite ugly. They're probably supposed to be trimmed and, you know, like a hedge on it. No, really. I'm, like I said, I, I need help. I'm a worshiper, not a gardener. But I, I, I actually pruned this tree just to cut it back. Two to three years ago, seriously, and occasionally on the left side of my yard, I do it just so that our, our cars can fit, because as it overgrows, you can't open the door. So you've got to keep cutting it back. But this one particular tree on the right-hand side of our home, where I had cut back two or three years ago, it had some flowers. It was green. It was growing. I know it's growing, because now it's coming over a particular part of uh, some, a drain thingy in our front yard, so I need to cut it back. I know that, because I can see that it's grown, and it's got a handful of flowers on it. But it's right on the boundary. And on the boundary, our neighbour, Dave, man, he looks after his yard. And his side of this tree is always dinky-dye straight. It's almost like he's taken a level to it. You know, it's beautiful. But I'm staring at this thing yesterday while Samuel's mowing the lawn. And on my side, I've got two or three flowers in a section like that. On his side, it was like they were, it was inundated. It was like 10, 15 flowers in this same section. It's not fair. My side looked horrible compared to his. Like, it's just not fair. What Dave should do is come around and prune the whole thing, shouldn't he, yeah? (laughs) My side looked healthy. The leaves were green, it was growing, but it had nowhere near the flowers, the fruit that Dave's side had. And the difference was that he's always cutting, he's always pruning, he's always cultivating, he's always caring for that side of the tree, always. And I felt like Father said to me, so why do you and why do my people avoid pruning? Why do they avoid pruning? The Holy Spirit prompts you and you just dismiss it. Let's face it, the reality is, I think, for a lot of us that have been pruned or are being pruned, Sometimes it hurts. It's not nice entering into a pruning process with the Lord, whether it's voluntary or whether you're doing it on your own, yeah? Stuff comes up. Feelings get stirred up, yeah? Feelings get stirred. Feelings. You know the things that men aren't supposed to have? Feelings. I won't sing, Ben. But you know that stuff? Feelings get stirred up. Hurts get stirred up. We get reminded of things that we thought were long and truly buried and gone. And in fact, sometimes in the pruning process, the Holy Spirit chooses to remind us of things that we have completely forgotten about and didn't even know existed. Sometimes there's shame. Sometimes there's trauma. Sometimes there's shock. So rather than allowing the cutting back and pruning to happen, we keep God out and he can't finish the work that he started. But you know that God is good, yeah? God is good all the time and all the time God is good. That's why it says in Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, when we're in a season of being pruned, We actually feel like we're going backwards. Anyone ever felt that? Seriously. 
Like sometimes when you're being pruned, it just feels like, but my, my life with the Lord, my prayer life, this, my relay, it just feels like everything used to be better. Yeah? But the pruning's needed. See, it actually, the pruning actually, it propels us into all that Father God has purposed for us. And, and a really simple example of that is if you think of a, a bow and arrow. Yeah, you grab the bow, you put the arrow on, you have to pull back on this arrow. The arrow must come back full of tension, full of strain, yeah, moving away from the target that is desired for it, yeah, all the time, moving away. And when God's pruning us, yeah, there's some strain and there's some pain involved, but it's God, he's pulling us back. There's a target he knows, he sees, he's decreed and declared the target and he pulls us back. But we're feeling like we're separated. We're, we're, we're not getting to where we want to go. Or, or, or we feel like we're so, oh no. I'd rather not go there, not, rather f- not feel that pain, that shame. But when we're in that process, if we allow God to do the work, when he's done and he lets go, yeah, that arrow is on target. That arrow reaches its mark. That arrow is dinky-dye straight. And don't you dare get in its way. We just need to allow God to move us in to that pruning process. We need to be open and courageous enough to take hold of it with our hands. Having spoken to so many of the pastors in Ballarat over the last few weeks, there are so many people in our churches yeah, that are hurting. So many people that are going through stuff. They just need to allow God in and into the deep things. And rather than fight the process, allow the process. Because in allowing it, he will catapult us forward. Amen. That's how he works. Corey Turner's got an awesome quote, and it's this. His cutbacks are never setbacks. Yeah, His cutbacks are never setbacks. No matter what God's pruning, no matter what it feels like he has cut away, his cutbacks are never setbacks. Because it's difficult to understand that God's timing's perfect, but know this, Papa knows when, when we become and when we're properly, what we're going to become and when we're properly pruned, yeah? He knows it. He's actually, he sees it. He's planned it. He's God. We just have to trust him. So when you read Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for, the disaster, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I'll listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me, etc. He's talking to People, the children of it, they were in Babylon. They were separated from him, yeah? Yet here he's speaking hope. Sometimes we are like the children of Israel that are captive in Babylon, separated from God, in pain, hurting, yeah? Not understanding why we're in this season. And then God just says this. He goes, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They're for you to prosper. I know what I'm doing. That's what he's saying. I know what I'm doing. Trust me. Allow me. Let me in. Let me do what I need to do. I'm going to make you more and more into the image of my son, Jesus. When you finally hit that target, boy, oh boy, watch out. Doesn't it say in Habakkuk that the glory of the Lord 
will cover the earth. It actually says that there'll be, a, there'll be a knowledge of God's glory that covers the earth like the waters fill and cover the sea. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen with us. But sometimes we just need to allow the pruning process. We need to allow the strain. So when God lets go and we hit that mark, everyone around us discovers the goodness of our God. I mean, why don't we stand? Ben, do you mind if you just strum a couple of chords on the guitar? Would that be okay? This is what I know. Some of us feel healthy and some of us look healthy. And yet some of us have not been pruned or come back, cut back for a long time. And if I just can ask you just for a moment, church, just to close your eyes for a moment. So I want you to think about that. Because I believe that if we're to look deep within, we actually know who we are. Yeah? We actually know who we are. And we know there are some things that Father wants to deal with in our lives. You know, we've got some weeds that are growing around us, some blackberry bushes appearing. We need to start the pruning process. We need to start it in prayer. We need to walk and talk with Holy Spirit. We need to walk and talk with a close friend. We need... Yeah, there's no shame. In the pruning process, sometimes we need to go and see a mentor or a coach or a counsellor. We need to be able to share how we're feeling so that He can help us yeah, open up and allow God to get in there and cut away the dead stuff. Amen? Because it brings life. And I know it can hurt in a pruning season with God, but He's preparing us. You know, it's all about what he's about to do. He's about to let you fly. He's about to shoot you towards the target that he had always envisaged for you. He's about to add to you and me, and he's about to equip us for the next season. He's preparing us for a season of fruitfulness. Amen. And the only thing that you and I need to be aware of, the only thing we need to hold on to, in a season of being pruned and cut is this. John 15, 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Church, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how far away you feel, hang on to God. Stay close to Him. He's doing the pruning. Allow Him in and to do a work and put yourself position yourself so that he can do that work in your life amen because when he's done (laughs) you'll be where he wants you to be in a place where you can produce much fruit amen I want us just to pray for a moment and so with every eye closed just to give everyone the privacy and the space that they need I just feel like this is a message for some of us in the house today. That some of us have not entered into or allowed God to do a pruning process. Some of that's because of fear. We sang a song earlier today where we shouted and we declared and we we claimed, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. 
Church, we can't be afraid of what God wants to do in our lives because what He wants to do is to better us. It's to propel us. It's to catapult us into the next season. Amen. So if that's you, if you're in the house today and you know there's stuff that God wants to prune, you know there's stuff that God wants to cut away without anybody looking to the person on the left or the right. Don't worry about the person behind you or in front of you. This is your declaration to God. And I'm going to ask you in a moment just to raise your hand for a second and to say, Lord God, Father, begin a pruning process in me. Because if you want to be more and more like Jesus, then there's more and more that He needs to cut and prune, yeah? So right now, if that's you, deep within your heart of hearts, if you know there's stuff that God needs to cut away, if you know there's stuff that's sabotaging your future, then now it's time to give it to Him. So if that's you, can I ask you just to raise your hands for a moment to say, God, that's me. I want, to, I want to be part of the pruning process. I don't want to sabotage my future. I want to be all that I can be. I want to produce much fruit. Father, every hand that was raised, God, we want to pray for each and every individual right now. And Lord God, I ask in the power of your Holy Spirit that you would start to place a hedge around them to protect them. That Father, around their hearts, there would be courage. Father, around their hearts, there would be hope. Father God, because Lord, when pain comes, when shame comes, when heartache comes, Lord, when you're pulling back on that arrow and strain comes, Lord, they need to be strong. They need to be steadfast. Father, they need to be, they need to be with you, Lord God. <laughs> Not separated, but a part of the vine so that you can do all that you need to do as the gardener. And so right now, Lord, I pray that your peace would go out. Father, I pray, that your, I pray that your peace would fill. I pray, Lord God, that the peace that surpasses understanding would now touch every person that raised their hands. Lord God, that even as they walk out of this place tonight, Lord, they may have a conversation with their spouse. Father, they might ring a trusted loved one. Lord God, they may even call a counsellor. They might call one of the pastoral team at the church. Lord, just to be able to say there's some stuff that God wants to deal with. Lord, that we might be all that we need to be. And for some, Lord God, I know, Father, they've allowed a pruning process. But watching my son yesterday, just the strain in, in, in trying to get some of the stuff cut. Lord, sometimes we let you into parts and we don't let you into to everything. Lord, I pray today that those walls would come down. Father, I pray that those hindrances would be gone. I pray, Lord God, that we would truly be open, honest, vulnerable for you, Holy Spirit, that you can do a work, that we would be better people, more like your son, Jesus, that we would remain in you in the same way that you remain in us. Because, Lord God, we know that we can only produce fruit, Father, when we're connected to you. So we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you all glory and honor. We look forward to testimonies, Father, of breakthrough. Father, we look forward to testimonies of victory. 
Father, we look forward to testimonies that will be seen and heard with our eyes and ears of the fruit and the much-bearing fruit. Lord God, that it would infect and affect not only our church, but Lord, their families, Lord, their friends, their children, their children's friends and our community at large, that people would discover that we are Christ ones, that we are Christians because we've allowed you to do a work in our lives. So we thank you. We thank you for this moment today. We ask you, God, to seal it, Father. We ask you to seal it, that not a single word would fall, Lord, dead to the ground. That every word, Father, would be trapped in our hearts, that it would ruminate and germinate. Lord, that it would do such a work. Lord, that it would be the place of discussion for weeks to come. So we thank you. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you. We bless you. And all these children said, get ready for the pruning process in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday.